Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Gerard, you are looking at a relatively older man now that is still trying to do new things in his life. Mm. What, I, what I did over the weekend is something you're going to laugh at as so stupid because you've done it a million times before. But I did my laps in 70-degree de- water. How'd it feel? Fucking amazing. It took about, <laughs> it took about uh, two minutes of laps. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it went like, oh, this is fucking nice. I was mm. very surprised. I did not yeah. expect that. Yeah. It was on. sunny outside, just yeah. relatively cool. But the water was cold. Now, that's one of the advantages you have of being outdoors, right? Like, so you're you're outside in Florida. I don't know. Yeah. It's 80-something degrees, whatever. Yeah, today, it'll be 79, but it'll be 80s right. in a couple of days. But, yeah, it's been high um, 70s, early 80s, low 80s. So, a lot of the outdoor competitive pools, right? Just if they're in California yeah. and Southern California especially and um, South Florida, you know, you're going to have cooler temps because in the water because it's real hot out here, right? Yeah. Like, we – Sun's beating down. That's good. And it, it helps you. You're like, ooh, I'm feeling good. You get the nice but, blood like, circulating. Yeah, compared to 84 degrees where it's like bath water. Mm. And, and I, but I, I've been swimming at 76, 77, and I thought it's pretty cold. I thought 70s would be freezing. It just took, like, like I said, about two minutes. So I yeah. thought it felt amazing. But what, Body adjusted. But you don't, yeah. But what you don't, you guys don't normally train at that time. Oh, no. So, like, it, the indoor comp. I read. Yeah. It, indoor comp is somewhere in most pools, like, 77 to 80 something. Like, when it's just, the player, the swimmers know. When it's, like, in the 80s, they're like, uh, it's a little warm in here. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 70 felt good. Listen, I did, like I said, I did maybe 13 minutes. I'll do. It was 68 when I just checked. I'll do, uh, I'll go long. I'll go like 15, 20 minutes today. It'll probably nice. be 70, 70 again. Yeah. I need, and, and, I need to be, I need to be more consistent with it when it's that cold. Cause it's fine. And you're feeling good though, right? Like it's a nice like addition when, to your, cause you walk still, you do your walk and you swim now. When I swim. Yeah. I do a bunch of core stuff and whatever. When I swim, I mean, I'm a Floridian. So, uh, I feel myself like almost nothing else I do. It's really strange. I was telling my wife that. Because she asked me the same thing. It's like, how did it feel when it was so cold? And I told her, I said, when I don't do it, I, I just feel, I feel a little... First of all, any exercise is good for your body, endorphins mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit, right? And I didn't feel good that I'm almost... You know, I'm 60 in a year and a few months now, which mm-hmm. is hard to fucking say that out loud. <laughs> but yeah, my last year of my 50s is February. Um, don't look a day February. over 59. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> um, but there's just something about swimming and going to the beach for me. It's just it's yeah. in my DNA. It really is. Well, first of all, swimming, as people may or may not know, is a total body yeah, workout. Yeah. Like every part muscle you didn't even know you had. You're like, yeah. oh, why am I hurting here? Yeah, because it takes a lot to swim. Two, uh, and we had a we had someone on. I forget what he was, but this was in the early stages of the podcast yeah. during the pandemic, and he talked about how uh, living near bodies of water increased your happiness level. I did not know um, that. And I mean, as someone who loves the beach, and as you know, my parents live in Florida now, so every time I go down there, I'm like, they're nine miles from the beach. Like, I'm telling you, David, like, it's just, as you know, because you're a Floridian, you yeah. live by the beach all the time. Uh, but, yeah. The the weight of the world is off of my shoulders when yeah. I am by the ocean, by a big body of water. We're lucky. We live right on the Hudson River over here in the city. Like, it's just, it's nice. I don't know why. It just is. Yeah, it's something of the human condition or whatever. I, my, I'll tell my wife this because she we're looking at homes, I've told you, out, out of the state. And mm-hmm. uh, she, the homes she sends me always are on like a lake. Because yeah. we're not going yeah. to – we don't want to be on coastal air anymore. Right, anymore. right. We've done enough hurricane dodging. <laughs> and uh, my attitude is, listen, the bodies of water we live by, we can go swimming and mm-hmm. go hang out at the beach at. Mm-hmm. Uh, these lakes are different in like yeah. North Carolina or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, if there's just something for me, though, it's just being underwater and swimming. It's just, I mean, I've been doing this. My mom said I got rest since when I was two years old. I've been swimming the, ever since. The yeah. water has healing properties, friends. Yeah. It really does. It's Listen, very players, magical. Players love it too. Play. I, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten calls, even just this year, from guys in their ice tub. Yeah. And they, so, yeah. They're just chilling out. They know it's so good for them. Yeah. It's, well, our bodies are 70% water anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you know, true. there's there's something. Bringing them home. There. We're taking them home. Correct. Um, I love that you said you um, you're going to be 60 and you're not afraid to try something new. Well, here's something new that's in the NBA, David. The NBA in season tournament, and and I have to say, you know, look, everyone knows as I'm a European football fan, so this this is nothing new to me. I don't like this is fine. It's the same as European basketball. It happens all the time. Like who cares? Like it's 
it's wonderful. Like I love it because I love the idea of the team that I root for has chances to multiple chances a year to win trophies, right? And the current setup for most of our North American sports, you got one chance. You win the championship at the end of the year, that's it. Everybody else, 29 other losers or however many other teams you have in your sport. I love this in the in the other in European football that you have your domestic cup, you got FA, you got Copa del Rey if you're La Liga, you got the Bundesliga tournament, you got Champions League, you have your league title. It's awesome. It's super, super awesome to have multiple chances to win trophies. Um, and that's what the NBA is trying to do here. Um, and just for a quick primer for everybody, so 30 teams in the NBA, we have six groups, five teams each, three groups in the East, three groups in the West. So you will play each uh, member of your group once. Um, so that's four games. The winners of each group with the best records, they automatically qu- qualify to the quarterfinals, where it begins the knockout round. Then each conference, the East and the West, will have one wild card, who is the next best team that finished in second place in any of the groups. And if, if you have a bunch of teams that are, let's say, three and one, they'll then look at uh, margin of victory, point differential, all that to determine, okay, who is the better wild card and they go. And then once you're there, those eight teams begin knockout rounds in the quarterfinals and semis. The semis and the finals take place in Las Vegas. All games, except for the championship game, are regular season games and count towards your regular season record. David, that doesn't sound very difficult to me. Like I, I it's right. Like it's a very simple process. Like it's not complicated. But the way you would hear certain people talk about it, some of our NBA media brethren, oh, we don't get this. This is stupid. Like I, you know, the, the Bones Highland interview went around a bunch of times where he's like, honestly, I don't even know. I saw some trophy next to the schedule. I don't even know what that means. Marcus Smart preseason. Honestly, we don't care about that stuff. Jimmy Butler, all I care is about the Larry O'Brien trophy. And I'm just like, none of this is helpful in doing what ultimately what we want to do, which is promote our sport. You know, there's um, my daughter's in the in the hospitality business. And I'm sorry, she's getting a doing in it. I have no idea if she'll ever make a career of it. Uh, uh, but it's something I've been paying attention to for even far longer than she was going to school on what separates like Saks Fifth Avenue versus uh, Dillard's. Mm-hmm. It's not just the pricing. Nordstrom's versus, you know, some of the other places. Mm-hmm. Um, service matters. Mm-hmm. Service matters. Uh, if you trust your car guy, mm-hmm. you don't care so much if you pay more money if you trust him. Mm-hmm. And there's a rapport there. At least uh, some people don't anyway. I'm one of them. Uh, uh, I think the league needs to sit all of the players down and and should have done this already. And I don't think they did. And then all of the regional broadcasters mm-hmm. and the national ones mm-hmm. and walked them through the whole process and then said to them, there's going to be a quiz afterwards, which I wouldn't mind if they did, which they won't do, but it would be fun if they did. But guys, we are in the business of making money, right? Businesses solve problems. Our fan base has a problem. They have excess capital or time and they have lots of different ways to spend it. And they want to enjoy their lives and their money. And we want to be an alternative option for them. Therefore, it's incumbent upon us to convince them that their money is well spent in our arenas or in their time is well spent watching our games. So as much as we would love for you to be able to just play, just like uh, I think I told you once I heard John, uh, maybe Michael Crichton, John Grisham, Michael Crichton. I'm an old man now. They were speaking to a group of people in China. I've told you this story before. University. Young lady said, what other classes should I take besides writing courses? Because uh, all, all future writers in China. And the writer said, uh, sales course. And she got offended. And he said, she said, I'm trying to be a writer. And he said, well, if no one reads it, you're not really a writer. You're writing for yourself. You always have to sell. And so if you guys want to continue to make the fat money you're making, which you and I both are all for, mm-hmm. it, it, isn't, it isn't just enough to be great mm-hmm. at basketball. We're not asking you to take a tour like everyone right. that makes a movie has to do right. or a book tour for authors. We just need you to say exciting things. And if you can't say it, just ask not to be interviewed. Don't accept the interview during this period of time where we do it. We want to sell the idea. Uh, now. Could the NBA have done some better things sure. to make? Uh, yes. And, and, and I'm, I, you and I are not being critical. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed with the courts because I thought that was low hanging fruit. I'd rather keep the court the same and change some rules. And I know why mm-hmm. they don't change the rules, mm-hmm. but whatever, what, what's, what, what integrity is there in records anyway? Because what used to be a foul isn't a foul and, and on and on and on. Right. 
Will Chamberlain is well-respected. So is Bill Russell. And Winnie Trek, their blocks are like 84 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're still doing just fine. I'd love to see the four-point line or four-point four area. There's a number of things I'd love to see. No zone defense, whatever. Uh, no, no illegal defensive rules. Nonetheless, it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make our game more interesting. We're trying to get more fans to want to watch it, uh, as well as these players got to make some extra money. And congratulations if half a million dollars doesn't have much meaning to you. But right. your teammates don't necessarily feel the same way, nor do your coaches. Yeah. However, that money's split. So I'd like to get them on the same page on the marketing part of it. I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, one of the things about, you know, as human beings, we we reject the unfamiliar, right? That's just that's how, how human brains work. Like anything that we're not familiar with, oh, we don't like it, this isn't good, right? Like, well, the in-season tournament has no history yet because it just started. So how are you making judgments about it when you've seen one game, one day of worth of play and all the teams have even played yet? We haven't even gotten to the knockout stage and people are already poo-pooing the idea, right? Like I just wish that people would give things a chance, right? Allow it time to iterate. How it looks now is not how it's going to look 10 years from now, right? You know, the in the uh, play-in tournament was widely mocked and ridiculed by 99.9% of the people yep. uh, covering. Widely. And, and lots of the players. And namely, the LeBron NBA's James. chief decision maker who says that, as Pat Bev says, whatever Bron says, that's yeah. what we do. <laughs> LeBron hated this as whoever did this right? as needs to be fired. Well, if there was no play-in tournament last year, LeBron, yeah. you don't make the conference finals. Nope. How are you feeling about the play-in tournament now? Right. 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 Like right. Miami Heat, you don't make the NBA finals if you don't have the playing tournament. Right. How are you guys feeling about it? It's I a gigantic just... success. It's fair to Huge. say the play is a fucking gigantic success. Huge. Yeah. And I like you said the 10 years thing is I was seeing the same thing. It'll be interesting if, I don't know, the Cleveland Cavaliers win like four of 10. Yeah. You know, or just some team that no one's expecting wins right. two of the first five for whatever right. reason. They'll have some banners in their arena. I watched. Sure. Yeah, I guarantee yes. you. They're, they'll have some stuff. I also think that the league is in the business of helping young people fall in love with their league, with their players and with their play. Not the older people already coming. Uh, uh, why do you fall in love? Mom and dad watch it. Mom, aunt or dad, or grandpa, uncle, aunt, whatever. Um, or you're, you just you want to follow a winner and you've heard good things like when you're young. Whatever we can do to bring joy to the fan base matters. Mm-hmm. It matters. It does. And this is something to potentially be excited about. Uh, winning tournaments is good. As someone who's in the business of trying to help people win games and has been doing this for a long time, uh, winning tournaments is a big deal. And I'll tell you something else. When you start winning tournaments, which is the playoffs, by the way, Mm -hmm. or tournaments, Mm -hmm. uh, you get better at it. You sure do. Yeah, not necessarily, but very often. And so it would not surprise me one bit if the first time we have a league champion who has never won big before in the postseason or even just wins a playoff series they've won before. Right. And someone references, you know, we, we had those play-in games in the set, that semifinal game. We were mm-hmm. down five or six to play and mm-hmm. we scored 15 straight. We knew, hey, we, like, someone's going to reference it because it, it just carries more meaning than a regular season game. It just does. Mm-hmm. There is a little consequence to it. Yeah. If the, if the regular season game is one of 82. The play-in game is one of four. I mean, sorry, the, the, the in-season tournament is one and four. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. One of four games you play. I think it means more. No, I'm with you for sure. And I love that point you made about kids. Little secret there, by the way, guys. Kids love winners when they're young and watching teams play. They like teams that win. And so giving more opportunity, again, for trophies, chances to win, something that matters, that's a huge part in growing this game. Because, again, as time goes on and as there are more and more things fighting for our attention, look, we are married, wedded to the game, so we're going to be in no matter what. But this next generation, who we know does not watch games the way we did when we were young, you've got to find ways to get these people in, these young kids in, and get them hooked on the product and been like, yeah, I'm in. I'm an NBA fan for life. So kudos to the NBA for trying. I'm excited about the uh, the, the tournament. Well, one last thing on the kids thing. Tell me if you th- agree with this. The courts were designed with social media in mind and young eyeballs. I would imagine so, yes. People like me. I don't. I don't. I don't care what the court looks right, like because you're watching anyway. Doesn't matter. I have to watch, and then most of the average fans are, right. and it's a, it's almost disconcerting a little bit. The players. I talked to the players. You talked to them. They didn't. They even, were fine. No right. one had said a word. I thought. I thought some of the courts looked slippery and slick to me. Yeah. And they they said nope. Felt like a normal court to me. Uh, the young person is just going to be more drawn 
to that kind of court in right. their social media feed, TikTok, mm-hmm. Twitter, and whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm refused to say the other thing, <laughs> uh, formerly known as whatever. Twitter. Um, yeah, I think they're thinking that way. Let them continue to tweak. I wouldn't yes. be surprised when you say 10 years if in year two or four or six, they have a four-point line exactly. or some other rule changes. Mm-hmm. Hey, hell, they can even put the rule change that help Golden State win a game. You're allowed to touch the ring without affecting the ball. <laughs> they put that in there. <laughs> That's all. Look for another day. Stay, stay tuned, guys. Something <laughs> coming on. Um, just some observations David's made about some rules <laughs> in, in the NBA. But no, you're, you're right about that with the courts. Also, it's done to be a signifier, right? Because yeah. there are 82 regular season games. Yeah. And if you are not people like us who are locked into this all the time and know, you're going to be like, wait, what's going on? But you see, wait, why is this court? And why are they wearing those jerseys? That's got a signal to your mind. This game is important for some reason or different. Why? Oh, tournament. Got it. Okay. Yeah, Let's every, go. And every time it runs in any highlight package ever, so you'll see eight different LeBron James buckets, but three of them will be with weird courts. And your mind's going to think in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a more natural thing. Correct. Uh, 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 conservative, conservative people don't like change, mm-hmm. but it becomes more natural. And all of a sudden, it's just no big deal anymore. And they could become fans as well. I'm with you. The other thing too, David, and you know this because you coach these guys, they're competitive. You cannot tell me NBA athletes who are among the most competitive people in the world are going to be like, oh, well, who cares about quarterfinal knockout game? Like, no. Oh, as pin. soon as you get into see, that to me is where we haven't touched yet. Wait till we get the single elimination, basically game sevens. Mm-hmm. I just think, first of all, Friday night, right. most uh, uh, um, the lowest number of margin of difference, I think the differential margin, mm-hmm. point difference, um, ever, mm-hmm. when there's enough games played. I don't think that was an accident. Yeah. I do think there was a little more pep in their step, and coaches coach a little differently as well. They don't want to get beat by 25, mm-hmm. uh, when normally they would say, you know what, I'd rather rest my guys. This guy's right. not doing it, because point differential does matter mm-hmm. for tiebreakers, right? Um, yeah, I think that... Uh, we get to that single animation, like the plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's going to be on. I'm sure of it. Yeah, these guys yeah. love. I mean, you can't. You've ever been in an NBA locker room? These guys compete about everything. Like who chewed better gum? Like whatever, it doesn't matter. These people like love to compete. And, and these guys, hey Gerard. So between the semis and the finals, one day off in between, or two? yes, yeah, okay. day, I think a day, a day off in between. Yep. So any of these guys playing up north in December. Get an extra day to spend in Vegas, they'll be very happy with that. No yeah. doubt. Very happy no with doubt. that. Yeah, they, who cares what they're motivated by? They're going to play okay. hard. Yeah, yeah, they're going to play hard. And I love the fact that it's a neutral site, too, so that you're yeah. kind of going to get this interesting Well, unless mix. the Lakers are there. Well, that's <laughs> true. If it's the Lakers. Anyone that's been to Vegas knows it's the Lakers. It's, a, it's Lakers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if fans from the teams go. Um, yeah. I, it, it, like in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's How they travel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It might be interesting to put a package together. Yeah. I mean, you, you see a lot of European football teams, David, they'll like charter planes and then yeah. like send, like, I mean, that would be crazy. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, how do the, I'm trying to think of a, a Charlotte Hornets have this huge contingent of right. fans. If you're, if, you're in Vegas. The final, if you're in the final four, which is what it will be, mm-hmm. uh, I am sure the team is going to try to put together, they'll get an allotment of tickets available mm-hmm. for the, for the t- four teams. There'll be plenty of tickets that, for sale to the general public. And uh, there'll be people who go to Vegas for this week. Mm-hmm. To gamble, but also, sure. right, just like your Super Bowl, uh, the gamble there. There'll be a group, and I think it'd be cool one day. To, initially, it might be a 1,000. I'm just make, yeah. making up a number. 1,000 right. per team. I could see it being 2,000, 3,000 per really team. really nice. I could see that, yeah. yeah. Like a Final uh, Four. I've been, to, I've been to many Final Fours. There's a lot fun, to be man. said about it. Yeah. I, I'm in, David, and I'm excited. So kudos again to the NBA for innovating. Yeah. And again, the, the, the beauty of innovation and iterate, you, that's you iterate. You continue to tweak and tweak and tweak. Until you find a formula that works out for you. And and good for us, by the way, you and I, who are very happy to point out the NBA's flaws. Yes. I am sure the NBA doesn't like us very much for that. <laughs> uh, uh, but we are pragmatic, fair people. And we're both, we since day one, we've been happy that they're trying to be innovative Absolutely. and get more fans involved and, and do more for the sport. So we're, we're down for it. Love it 100%. All right, David, you're... Um expertise player development i was thinking about this um over the past week you know victor wembanyama has been this this force that's sort of taken over the league and i you know we, we often talk about you say reference points right mm-hmm. who you are as a rookie is not who you're going to be in your tent right and the greats hopefully. Ho- well yeah i mean i say automatic hopefully you'll be much better in your tent than you are as a rookie 
Um, but the great players of all time, LeBron, Steph, Chris Pauls, Katie's all these guys, the reference points they have in their brains are massive. So there isn't anything they haven't seen before. They can recognize patterns, know how to adjust and do all the other things. Rookies, a little harder for them, right? Because they don't have enough points of data to see or they make mistakes more and a variety of different things. And I was wondering, okay, what about a player like Victor Wembanyama or Chet Holmgren, who seemingly, is it possible for them to have a much more accelerated curve? And I know you've worked with all different kinds of players, so I'm sure there are players who you work with who, for whatever reason, they learn quicker and faster and can process quicker. And other guys, it takes a little bit while longer. Do you potentially, it's early, I know, do you see that with either Victor or Chet? I do see faster processing, uh, but what I see more than anything is, uh, man, these guys have hooped a lot, and I'm writing an article about it this week. Um, they've played basketball with the ball and not just big men running up and down the court within two inches of the rim. And I don't just mean three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Like They're basketball players. Yeah, I, one of my best compliments ever was to a player I had. I mentioned before, Dimitri Hill, 6'6", mm-hmm. 300 pounds in ninth grade. I told him when he was graduating as the leading scorer in the history of the state of Florida for post players, if you had been, he was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, if you'd been 6'2", you'd have been a Division I player anyway. Because uh, you just think the game and love the game and hoop the game. That's how these guys are. They just have to be seven foot and seven foot four. Uh, they are, they're ballers. Uh, they are not soft. They are not easily intimidated. Not at all intimidated. And they've played a lot. And remember I told you the story? When I asked, I had dinner once with Bill Walton. I was at a function with Bill Walton, sat with me at dinner. It was a lot of people there, 40 people. And I asked him, what was your secret? Because he was really one of the best big men of all time in college, top five all time for college picks. Do you remember what what he told me? I do not. You'll remember as soon as I say it. (laughs) He said, I I can't imitate him. I had four friends and I had a VW. It turned out, I thought he meant bug. He meant a bus. He meant a bus. I figured this out later. Because he's so tall. He ain't getting four guys in a – he said, I would drive to pick the four of them up, and we would just go hoop. Yeah. We, yep. He would say, we would just go ball. Yeah, with his deep voice. And that's what he did. Because I, I thought he was doing mic and drills and all this shit. Right. He said, I did that, but mostly we just played. And I, that changed me immediately. Right away, as much as I was in player development, I made sure my players knew. An hour with me, two hours on the court. Hour with me, working on your game, mm-hmm. two hours playing pickup somewhere. One-on-one to five-on-five, I don't care. Go play. Connect those neurons and, and synapses and whatever. And I think Chet and Victor have played a lot of basketball. Chet, for Team USA, his high school team, which I don't know where he went to high school, and then Gonzaga, high-level program. Victor, not just as a pro, but also for Team France. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's, it really give them a huge advantage. Yeah. Because they're, they're – I mean – as you often say about Jokic, it also helps that they're seven feet tall, right? Like that, yeah. in, in Victor's case, seven foot four. Yeah. <laughs> and that also helps. And, and eight foot wingspan. <laughs> right, right. It's ridiculous. It's like, it's like made up numbers to say that. But highly skilled, but they have the reference points. Now, that will have to change over time in terms of skill development and playing, right? Because as you age, I'd imagine, you probably advise your guys play less pickup in the summer, right? To save yourself. Yeah. And just refine because when you yeah, when you get to that point where you're 22, 23, you've already and, and you're in the NBA for a couple of years. I mean, you've played hundreds of NBA games and almost every practice is just I'm lucky enough where I get to watch. Uh, there are players who send me their practice film. I would never reveal that, you know, socially, whatever. But I'm able to because they want tips on some. Right. These guys are playing a lot of five on five in practices, too. So we're talking about after a, you know four years, a thousand more games. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. It's it's that high a number. Yeah, they don't need to play pickup anymore. They they can play for fun. Right. Don't think it's going to make a difference. You if I'm I, I, if I went to Paris for a year, I'd probably become a better driver if I didn't die in, in a car wreck <laughs> because it's just a whole another set of right. sim, uh, uh, systems that I've had incorporated into my driving abilities. Right. Uh, but the guys who live in Paris forever, they're not getting any better driving those same roads every day, the guys and girls. Uh, it's the same thing with basketball. If, if, if there's, a, there's a threshold. Play for fun. You're not, you, what you now have to really refine some of your skills. That doesn't mean you can't ever play, but you're mostly going to do it in game condition stuff in your practice sessions. That's how I see it anyway. But, but for the short and the, and the young, man, nothing beats playing. That's why the G League is so important. Oh, and so many teams don't use a G League well at all, right? For for, for what it could be. Yeah. Um, Victor and the Spurs, I believe, play Indiana tonight, so that'll Correct. be interesting. Two back young to back teams after losing to Toronto mm-hmm. last night after twenty-two mm-hmm. point lead in the second at, half. 
uh, two teams that have porous defenses in San Antonio and Indiana. Yeah, 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 yeah terrible. Yeah. Um, but Indiana likes to play fast and race, so I think that'll be interesting. Victor, for a big man, likes to race, which I love to see. He he looks for it. Mm-hmm. He wants to get out and get easy buckets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, uh, uh, Gerard Victor is super special. Like this yeah. is not rocket science here. He's a super special player. Uh, carries himself great. Totally professional. Very skilled. Will only get more skilled. And remember, he's still learning this game. Yeah, and his own body. Uh, yeah, they're uh, like they've got some. Devin Vassell was out against Toronto. He might mm-hmm. be out again tonight. That's a he's their best player right now. Growing so injury. Yeah, yeah. That's a big loss. Yeah. Um, but uh, Victor is going to be playing for championships. Like the West has got some. Chet, Luca, Ja. We can't forget him. This cat. Uh, not to mention the world's best player right now. <laughs> and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and, James and Kevin Harden. Durant and, yeah, like, and KD. Like, come on, it's a right. it's it's a lot. Right. Um, just for those of you guys who are looking, it's still early, but um, Chet um shooting incredible right now. Um, much better than Victor. Uh, from both the field and from three. You know, it's early. We'll see how it plays out. Twenty five games in, where everybody. I takes I, I think Chet had a big advantage. He's got a better team. <laughs> and, yes, and. He spent a whole year mm-hmm. with the NBA, and he's from America, mm-hmm. and he probably knows where every one of these guys played in college, probably watched them in college. I happen to think that matters. When I've coached foreign players, I do make them pay attention to the college game so that the new college guys coming in, they've kind of, they're just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all more comfortable with stuff we're familiar with, being more familiar with these these, these new guys that come in. And um, so Chet's had that. He's also the benefits of a year with our strength training. OKC does a great job of that. And, uh, and, and Victor, I think they're not coaching him too hard right now to let him kind of figure some stuff out. He, Chet, Chet's lucky to be in the age of, of Victor. Yeah. Uh, he isn't the only unicorn, and he isn't sure the most not. talked about unicorn. <laughs> and I think that helps him. Oh, no doubt, because he's, he's firing and fuels him. And I know you love this. We've mentioned it a few times. They – Chet, uh, Mark Daniel, the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, has given Chet a nice heaping scoop of royal jelly, yeah. right? Having those uh, daily lunch or whatever. Yeah, weekly weekly break meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that mattered. I think I do. I think it mattered. And uh, they're a well-run franchise. I told, I told the parents of an NBA player this morning who called me complaining about shit, not about his son, but about the league. I said, Chet Holmgren and some of these other franchises would not be looking like this. Okay, see – it, they, these players are not commodities. In, in some senses, they are, but not in this sense. Right. Um, uh, a commodity is bacon's always the same, except how you prepare it. Mm-hmm. You can bake it, you can mm-hmm. fry it, right? Mm-hmm. Skillet pan, whatever. That's going to change how it is a little bit. Uh, it's the same thing here, only more so. Chet's in a really good place, clearly to me, and the Thunder are reaping the benefits of it. Yeah, no doubt. So kudos. Uh, we got some exciting things to look forward to. Um, another thing I was thinking about, David, again, because this is what you do, you teach players how to shoot. And, um, you've told me numerous times shooting is part science and part art, right? Yeah. A little, little bit of both to it. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things you've taught me is when you're teaching players to shoot is you make them over-exaggerate the arc in their shot because you're like, you mean if you, you're not going to still shoot it with as much arc as I want you to, but it'll be better than what Nor- you were doing. Yeah. Normally when they shoot, when I tell them exaggerate the arc on this, they'll shoot it and I'll say, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like. That's almost always the case. Yeah. Yeah. And so a player who made me think of this was Dylan Brooks. He had a really good FIBA World Cup for Team Canada, shot 58% from three on 4.3 attempts a game. Now it's only over eight games, small sample size. I realize that. Better than shooting 4%. Correct. And then to start this season over five games, he's shooting 60% from three at four attempts per game. Now you talked about the NOAA system, which you know about, which he used. He's like, there's a number they told me to to target. And that's the number I always see in my head. So I asked you to look at his shot. And does it look any different to you? What's going on? I want to say, of course, 60% uh, three-point shooting is not sustainable. Everyone knows that. But if he can be a 36% three-point shooter, well, that's, you know, 37. That's very good. What about 40? Now you're you're cooking with grease. (laughs) I mean, a plus defender and a 40% three-point shooter. Uh, So, first of all, here's why it's not sustainable. Because defenses will adjust. So if indeed, in theory, we had a guy that could really shoot 60% in a game by moving and shooting, uh, they wouldn't let him do it so easily. And yet you still want to get threes up. So it just makes it harder. Right now, he's more open than he will be in a month when teams start adjusting their coverages to make sure they take him away, right? Mm-hmm. He becomes, uh, you know, he's a laser. 
when you were a laser, you're seen as a, a knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. So change how they card you. So I did watch about 15. I watched his threes this year that he made, and I went back and watched about the same number from last year. And I do see a difference. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean he's doing it every time because I, I, if he was a client of mine, I'd break down every single shot, and we'd have a, we'd have some kind of metric on it. Um, he's not dropping the ball as as pronounced as he was. And so here's what I mean by that. This may not sound like much to you, but in my world, it's a gigantic argument. People used to love to pick fights with me on it. I, I don't know why they're arguing <laughs> with me. I, I, I've been doing this a long time. I'm not saying it's the only way to shoot. But but I don't like my players when they catch in their shooting pocket, for those that are watching on video. In this area here, if you're right-handed, I don't like them dropping it Correct. way down to their knees. Uh, if they do a little one, I'm okay with that. I also watch my hands here. I don't like them doing this and back. Mm-hmm. I call it wrinkled wrists. White dudes have mm-hmm. wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Most black guys don't. Most Asian guys and uh, Latino guys don't. Uh, they can go back here, but they don't get it. So like you're holding a pizza pot, right? Or a waiter tray, mm-hmm. right? So you're here and you shoot. Uh, dropping is just extraneous movement to me. You're asking for more mistakes to happen in the in the in the mechanic. So I, I, if you catch it up high, bring it to your shooting pocket. Catch it aside, bring it to your shooting pocket. Catch it low, shooting pocket, then shot. Some guys drop it way down, and there's a, a, a modicum of things. Players have experimented with this. Gerard Kyle Corver didn't drop. Then he started dropping, mm-hmm. and when he dropped, all the people I'm not going to say their names, but many of them probably listen to our pod. They're all like, oh, my God, Coach Thorpe does no shit about basketball. These guys drop him. <laughs> and I, I never claimed that guys don't drop. I just don't think it's the best thing to do mechanically. And then Corver famously changed back. Yep. Talked about it. Like, you can look it up. Um, I, I, some players can drop. Ray Allen was one. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a Ray Allen, good luck with that. It's like trying, <laughs> it's like trying to copy Tiger Woods swing when he was 21 years old. Yeah. Uh, or Michael Phelps is whatever mm-hmm. um they're they're crazy unicorns uh uh but i noticed dylan just it's, it's also a quicker release dropping it takes time which means now you're thinking about the contester mm-hmm. right he's mm-hmm. in your head a little bit mm-hmm. so i don't notice the drop as much i it might just be a small sample because players do especially ones that used to drop a lot they do tend to go back unless they are mindful of staying with it my guess is he also has the art part going on Something has happened. It might have been compliments of the Memphis Grizzlies who who proclaimed publicly, this dude's not coming back to our team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, that might have been like a come to Jesus moment, to use that phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that might have freed him up a little bit to be, you know what, I need to be, I need to be a different person. And and somehow in that releasing of baggage might have helped him deal with makes and misses and threes. I don't know. There might be a, a shooting whisper in his ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to always tell my players, I still do, when you score 50 in a game, uh, you don't need to call me. Call, everyone in your family is going to call, every cousin, right. every friend. When you score five and suck, I'm right. the first person you need to talk to. When you right? go one for 18, that's when you call yeah, me. I want to be the first guy you call. I've been on the phone with players crying their eyes out with shit when they were bad. Um, I want that. That's how you build trust in a player. Be there when he's struggling. Not just when he – everyone wants to be his friend when he's rolling. Right. So maybe Dylan has something like that in his life too. I, if I was in Houston, I would ask him as a reporter, did you change your mechanic? Are you mindful of not tipping as much? Is there just some other routine you're doing? Something's happening where he has transformed. He ain't the first guy for that to happen. Correct. Yep. Marcus Hall never took any threes. Neither did Brooke Lopez. Uh, it's good to see. Yeah. yeah. And And it might make a big difference for Houston in a couple for years because sure. they have for some sure. good young players. They do. Um, you know, we had uh, Charlie Max Torres on, uh, I wouldn't say last year or two years ago. God, the years are running running together now. But he's um, he works out Clay Thompson, the Golden State Warriors, and he was describing Clay's shot to me. He's like, it's like a piston. He's like, just down, yeah. up, down, yeah. up, and it fires. And your point about dipping the ball is when you're, I'm sure when you're teaching your players, you want them to have a repeatable motion yeah. that they could do under extreme duress yeah. and it's the same every time and if you're dipping down to your point you're adding time which is right. wasting why we don't- if, if if it if but if you can do it and you can get it off quickly and that's your shot fine some guys are such geniuses that they can dip and not dip and none of it really matters like joe angles uh can dip but he doesn't always dip and he used to be a, you know he was a great shooter mm-hmm. it's it's funny how that is that way it's not unique i mean uh, there are there are any in any mechanic. There's multiple ways of doing things and have success at it. And um, but I I am wondering about your Memphis Grizzlies. I wonder if they're thinking, like, what the fuck? 
Like, how many T's does he have this year? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. He um, might have at least one. I remember, he might have at least I one, one, but I, he seems to be. I mean, look, guys. But if he was shooting get... like this, they might have put up with the antics. <laughs> they would have. It's it's five games. I don't want to lose my bye, but right. you know, we'll talk about the Grizzlies later. But that it's just something something worth worth noting. Then, look, we like to see guys succeed and do well, and you know, yeah. this is this is wonderful. All right, guys, we'll be back after a quick commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David, we, at the beginning of the season, in one of our preview pods, we did a, you know, uh, five Hot, not hot takes, but like five yeah. bold proclamations. You called the five bold, yeah, five yes. bold predictions. And you were like, well, I don't know if this one's so bold, but I was like, no, I like it. You said, uh, you said the Toronto Raptors will have two all-stars this year. Of course, meaning Pascal Siakam was better yeah. an all-star and Scotty Barnes would be the second one. And I was like, I love it. Um, Scotty Barnes is looking outstanding. Now, there's a piece you talk about playing with joy and you don't, He's not playing with the joy you like, but he's playing with something else you like. What are you seeing from Scotty Barnes? I mean, he's been amazing. Siakam's not been. He's not an all-star right now. Barnes is. Uh, uh, he's playing with force. He is. This is what I fell in love with when he was at Florida State, besides the charisma and everything, which matters. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's like off the court in the locker room. I don't know about that. That's not something I see. Uh, there is a force about him. He is getting what he wants. This is I, an NBA player I talked to last night told me he's so fucking strong. And that's – he's a guard. In fact, they're playing him a lot of point with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, he just bullies you and beats you up inside and gets tip-ins and backs you down. He also has an interesting uh, – he's an interesting shot maker. Uh, he's got a lot of Magic Johnson in him, a lot of just fucking throw the ball in. It's weird. It's, it's not pretty. It's not a <laughs> technique I would ever use to teach another player, but it works for him. And he's relentless. And he, I don't know. I didn't look to see what he's shooting from three. It's much improved. Made huge ones yesterday. Almost every game he's doing it now. He's blocking shots. Uh, uh, just absolutely can't be denied. And um, it's it's he's the best player in his class right now. He is. Look, he's 6'8", which, of course, you, you love. And uh, he is Long and strong. Long and strong. Five attempts per game right now, shooting 42% from three, which is outstanding. If, if he's doing that, he's going number one in the draft. Who went number one? Cade? Yes. In that mm-hmm. draft. Scott, if Scotty did that in college, he'd go number one. Um, he's averaging 22, 10 and six right now. The Raptors are like plus eight when he's on the floor. I mean, he is, he is just killing playing phenomenal. And playing this is, too. This, well, which he, which we always yeah. thought he could do from day yeah. one coming into the league yeah. at six, eight with that athleticism and wingspan. Yeah. If he is that David, what does that mean for the Raptors? Let's say he is that player this season, right? So that's basically, that's, I mean, that's borderline all NBA. It's an all-star for sure. It's, that's damn near an all NBA player. What does that mean for the Raptors as currently constructed? I mean, their 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 core. If they keep Siakam and get him, find a way to get him to play better, and OG, they can keep or they can trade for a very nice piece. Jakob Pertl's solid center, solid. He can't score outside the rim, but he can he can pass a little bit in the short rolls, um, rebounds his ass off, plays defense, rim protector. He's a very important player for them. Gary Trent's under contract, has been struggling. Uh, I think that Dennis Schroeder is at best a sixth man. He should not be a starter. Uh, their bench sucks. They just have nothing at all on the bench. But if you've got some core pieces like that in place, 
Uh, Darko's only going to get better as a coach. He's not very good now, in my opinion, but he's just starting out. Um, and you, you can't argue with – they should have more wins. They gave a – gave a, well, one in particular, they gave a game away against Chicago mm-hmm. and then couldn't make a shot against Portland at home. They outplayed Portland, just couldn't make a shot. Um, they're playing defense. I didn't look to see what they're at defensively now, but they're playing defense. I've seen it. And um, uh, they've got Scotty, OG, Siakam, Pirtle as a foursome is a terrifying defensive group. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. So they need a they need a real quarterback. I don't think Scotty should be the point guard. Mm, they need so a quarterback. You, you remove him from point guard. You don't think that's the spot. I would I would let him be a primary ball handler, but not the quarterback. I'd uh, let him go do his thing and go score. You can play him with a two if you want. You really can play anywhere. Um they're they're not a team that should flush everything away. They should see what where this goes because they can be a little bit different. They can be they can, they have a center that can stand toe-to-toe with most of the better bigs in the league. And they've got that wing contingent that no one really has like them mm-hmm. if all of them are playing well. Mm-hmm. But they're a ways away from that right now. That's a team that would be interesting to see. We talked about the preseason, the, the in-season tournament that I'd love to see. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're there, like, ooh, they're kind of they're kind of fun, right? I'm with now, you. I'm this, with you. this is huge. All right, David, we had we <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies fans had a wonderful night last night. First win of the season. Woohoo! Only took six games, seven games. Uh, they, um, beat the, they beat the juggernaut Trailblazers. <laughs> Henry the, lost sleep. Henry. <laughs> they beat the juggernaut Trailblazers. Um, you know, they, they, okay, first, yes, they got to win. What are you seeing from Memphis right now? Okay, to be candid, I tend not to watch bad teams. Oh, well, yes, and they've been bad. Right. So because you asked, I did I I didn't watch I watched them. I saw them last night. But um Steven Adams is the best offensive rebound of all time. I, I, I said missing him was gonna be huge, and you see yeah. it. And so that's a that's a part of their team. Uh dominating the glass on both ends. And they're turning the ball over. Not surprised considering all the tra- mm-hmm. changeover they had. No, no jaw mm-hmm. and then no Tyus no Jones. Jones. Yeah. So to me, they they don't have an identity. And they've had some. They've had a little bit of bad luck. They're shooting okay, not great. Uh, defending pretty good, which is which is a good thing. Teams have been um, killing them from three. Been so hot from three. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna play. that's gonna fall down a little bit. Most people think. I mean, normally it does, uh, but they they just can't count on themselves uh, uh, getting the second shot. They were getting over thirty percent, I think, of second shots last year, and so they just are kind of a team in flux right now. I would not be surprised if they bounce to near 500 before Ja gets back. I think I think it'll happen. And wow. then, I mean, he's a hell of a player. They're missing <laughs> a hell of a player. He is an all-NBA level player. That's that's who they're missing. A 23-year-old or whatever he is. And let's hope <laughs> he takes advantage of his time the yes. way Chet did for a year. Mm-hmm. Ja's got less to improve because he's already been a great player. Mm-hmm. But um, let's hope he's learned some things as a player. Forget about as a person. Right. And comes back even stronger. I agree. Um, I, I liked what Desmond Bain's been looking like offensively for them. Aggressive. J- Jaron also has had some really excellent games offensively for them. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're it's coming. It's coming. I, I would only allow this conversation, allow. I would only have agreed to talk about this subject if if I thought that there's relevance there. Yeah. Like, we're not going to talk about the Wizards for more no, than 11 seconds. They're jokes. There is relevance with yeah. Memphis. If they, if they can get to near 500 and Jock comes back, um, it used to be uh, – uh, well, you've seen Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I am not left-handed. I know something you don't know. You know I'm not <laughs> left-handed. Um, when my son was at, you know, playing high-level travel baseball, there were some teams that have like – you'd see him warming up like a relief pitcher that yeah. for whatever reason wasn't pitching against us because he was maybe going to start the next game whatever. But we'd jump out to a lead and their pitch was in trouble. And uh, they would have the – we call we always call them the Kraken. <laughs> they would bring a guy a foot taller than all of our kids. They're 12 years old. This kid's six foot five and throwing heat. And we would say, oh, fuck, they're going to unleash the Kraken. <laughs> the Me- Memphis has their version of the Kraken, they which Kraken. Uh, who's got this great energy and aggressiveness. He'll be fresher than all these other guys. Mm-hmm. It's it, They just got to get to 500, which they're, yeah. what, they're five games from that now. Yes. Or two games below 500. They'll be fine. Yes. And then I think they could really be, as you like to say, cooking with grease. I, I think you're right. Um you know, it's not only remember, guys. It's also Stephen Adams. It is Brandon Clark, who's out for the whole, well, maybe the rest of the year. Who knows? Yeah, that's the a big year, loss. The, that yeah. they, there's so many yeah. things. So everybody's jumped up a spot. And to be fair, the rookies that they've drafted have not hit. Right? They, for whatever reason, they right. haven't developed them properly. So that's a problem. Um, Bismack Biombo has his issues, but the one thing I was happy to see last night. Oh, look, someone who can set a screen. That's hard to get around and navigate. 
that helps. Yeah, he's you know he's been playing a long time. He's on, he's been on some winners more recently. Um, I, I can't stress this enough. They lost their starting two point guards, and as as good as Marcus Smart is and has been and right. can be, right? It's still brand new for him in that. Memphis with right. these guys. It takes mm-hmm. a while. Yes. Yeah, you play enough games with guys, you know where they're going to be with your eyes closed. You really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know this. I grew up next door to a very very good player, my best friend in the world, and uh, he was also a genius. So. He went to he played junior college for free as a basketball player, but only because our coach was an idiot. He was a Division One player, and then he had an academic scholarship to Florida, where I was, and we would play pickup in the projects every day. He was his, he was probably better than all these guys, and um, I just knew where he'd be at all times. I literally grew up. We moved in next door to each other one day apart in 1973. We were eight years old. We were Synergy. nine years old. Synergy. Yet. And I just knew, and we played football also together. So as a quarterback, he was a wide receiver, great hands. He had like a 6'6 wingspan and a 6'3 body, maybe a, maybe a 6'2 body. I just knew he'd be it all the time. Well, that's how Ja and Tyus have been. And it's just Marcus too in Boston. Right. Not here. Yeah. Give these guys some time. Well, I mean, David, that's what makes the Nuggets so good. That's what makes the Warriors so good. It, for it, sure. For sure. The that's reps. exactly right. Yep. They just know. Well, a team, David, that does not have reps together as their core group, the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah. And yeah. Something concerning right now, uh, Devin Booker is out. Um, he has a, a cap strain. And I kind of want to go through the, the sort of history of this. So he missed their final preseason game with a left foot injury. Um, right. You know, everybody's kind of like, all right, no big deal. Right. You know, season coming around, let's play. Okay, whatever. He plays the opening night, 37 minutes, aggravates the injury, and misses the next three games. And then in his next game that he's ready to play to come back, he plays 35 minutes and then misses the next two, and it gets revealed in the MRI that he has a right calf strain. And why I'm bringing this all up is these the right calf strain, these things are soft tissue injuries, right? And these are injuries you get from overuse. And also, as we talk about all the time in the NBA, there's no practice time. Once the season starts, there is no practice. You are games, 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 and you try to get your conditioning up as best as you can. But as you know, David, as some who coaches these guys, uh, the bicycle and playing with the equipment guys and whatever, that ain't an NBA game. And to then come into, and that was the game against the Spurs where they were down and made the huge comeback. Like, these are intense minutes, right, for a regular season game. You can't simulate that in practice. Um, and now he's, you know, he's got the calf strain. And listen, those soft tissue things, if you're not careful, that 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 calf thing now turns into, is that an Achilles? What are we worried, right? Because that all that whole back of your leg, that, that's all connected. Achilles to your calf, up to your hamstring. That's one line, right, that, that's all connected. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying gloom and doom. All I am saying is, is that, and this is what we talked about with this team, right? If they, health is going to be the number one thing and they've already off to a rocky start. Yeah. I mean, this is the fear we have for all these players that, you know, and he's not even that old. How old is no, he? He's 26, 28. 26, 27. Is he, is he that young? Yeah. Cause he came in at 19. Remember? Oh, yeah. He was the youngest guy. Yeah. When the youngest guys in, I thought he was like 27, 28, maybe even 29. I'm wrong. I'm sure. Yeah. How old are you? Yeah. He, it's it's uh 27 yep they're better off um take a month take a month let's figure it out when is beal coming back today now i mean that's the back and it, like, he's Jeez. been looking good in warm-up but like what, what does that mean warm-ups like i don't know what that means versus can you take somebody hitting you in the back when you're in, i don't know we're gonna right. find out yeah they've got to uh they can't they can't have, they just be better off waiting meanwhile well, katie's piling up the minutes and well, that's good. and all this now means a thirty-five-year-old Kevin Durant's got to play. It's yeah. just right, and this is what Henry says. It's like probably not going to work, right? That's you just concerning. It, it the, the math ain't mathing, kids. Yeah. So <laughs> not gloom and doom, Warriors. I mean, uh, not Suns fans. I don't want you to be like, oh, it's terrible. Like it's just you, you need a stroke of some really good injury luck right now, because yeah. it ain't great. Uh, another player, David, finally makes his NBA debut tonight. James Harden. Oh, yeah. In New York with the Clippers. It looks like the starting lineup's going to be uh, James, Russ, PG, Kawhi, Zubach. And we talked about that. And you said, well, maybe going forward, you think Russ coming off the bench, that second yeah. unit. I think Ty probably because part of the being an NBA coach is not just communicating your message. It's also massaging ego, right? So it's probably, okay, let's give Russ some honorary starts up front. And then I think, I, I think it's more like um, I'm worried about his ego. We're going to start him. Mm-hmm. And he has to know if it's not going great, yes. he's the one that's coming off the Correct. bench. Simple Correct. as that. Let's just yeah. start them and go. If they win, great. If they don't, we know what to do. 
And we we talked about this. You you believe that that should be a, a nice seamless fit of of Harden with those two guys and Zubac in the pick and roll, especially with Zubac in the pick and roll. Well, those three guys. Well, yes. And that that I don't love. That's where I think Russ has to come off the bench. I don't think those two guys need to be in the game at the same time together a lot, unless unless they'll get it when PG or and or acquire out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like the Zubac pick and roll with with uh, with Harden. Um, I like that you're not going to feature it a lot. Unlike Philadelphia with Maxi, who's pretty good, he ain't he ain't the level of these guys right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the idea of uh, th- a three headed attack is is it's what Brooklyn had with those guys, and uh, with Harden, Kyrie, and KD, and um, yeah, I just I think they're gonna be really good. They are number one right now. I mean, it's early. I want to get excited. Right, they played a week schedule too. Number one in point differential, right? So yeah. they're blowing out. Teams are supposed to blow yeah. out, right? right. Um, no, I think this, this, the Clippers, look, again, with them, the same thing, health. If those guys are healthy, that's a tough out beating that team four out of seven times. In the I mean, it, it's you could see them with Golden State, Denver, for sure, as, as a team that wins the West, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Denver. Have you, you been watching Denver closely in the early season? Uh, I did a couple about a week ago, yeah. MPJ, the, the three point ball is coming back around. It's all I'm like the okay. starting five is great. There, it's, it's the bench you're worried about. That's the yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. key. But we have all season to figure that out. Well, they not only that, Jamal Murray is gonna he's out at least tonight. He is. We're gonna now see. Okay, let's see how yeah. that that's that right. second unit does now. No Jamal Murray, Jackson in the place. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably. I mean, yeah. Christian Brown. Like, who else are you gonna put there? It's got to be him, right? I think like, well, like, well, only because Jokic gives you the flexibility to do whatever the hell you want to do. That's also true. He can play all five positions. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Great. It's of Nikola Jokic. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll be back. A David Eleven article coming out uh, this week, and we're gonna talk about something on Thursday. Yeah, some some rules and some things that David doesn't like about when he when he's singing in the NBA. All right, everybody. Take care. <laughs>